0: Okay, we are back. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and we have to talk very quickly because as we do this, the national emergency system is going to send us the text, and we have to be out of here before that. So, right? <laughs> Who has phones? I, told I think you, it's going to be more than a text. I think it's going to be a loud. Is the whole room going to shake? I think Maybe. so. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, our guest for the first episode of Season 7 is uh, Jenna Meyer. She is, with her business partners, putting together Graywall Hall 224. It's the new cool concert venue that's about to open up in downtown Lansing. We've been watching as we walk by, like a lot of people, and we're excited that she is with us to talk about uh, concerts, how do those all come together, and this cool thing that's coming downtown. Host on the Cold Open Podcast. Blindside. Maybe.
1: No, The movie? Name the most famous one ever. I will
0: not. Carmen. Know it. He did. Is it Carmen? Carmen. <laughs> well, then we're,
1: yeah. we're
2: out of luck.
0: <laughs> anyway, well, maybe Jenna can find, can book Carmen. He's dead. No, he's dead. Tribute. Does Carmen have a good tribute? luck, Jenna?
2: Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies Team about PR and public affairs. Really.
3: I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal.
0: Yeah, well, it's here and every get it day. On his, it's on his it's always here. It's always here.
3: And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting, is like it 1 to 10? It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit.
1: Yeah, There's like, nothing disgusting. One part what's, fruit. What, what in there is disgusting?
3: I don't even know what's in it. But it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a <laughs> couple
1: of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. It's the Thank Cold you. Oatmeal good to Podcast. Be here. It's good to be back It's been, what, six, eight weeks? Six, yeah, since we were Too here with long. Travis. Anyway, you are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. We bring you this podcast whenever we get around to doing it. And <laughs> we're doing it today on the day of the National Emergency Testing Service. So if you start to hear buzzing uh, and, and screaming and running from the room, that's, that's what's happened. Um, but we are back and ready to kick off another season of bringing you fun content around Lansing. Let me start by introducing the folks around the room. Joe, why don't you kick us off? Joe Beshe, uh, Nick Deleu,
2: Laura Beale.
1: Carly
0: Buell, going counterclockwise. You really went the opposite way. You never go that
1: way. (laughs) Joe always Mm -hmm.
0: goes last. Well, Nick totally was off, caught off guard. He was like, "What? What?" Well, Carly and I were doing the little like walk into each other in the hallway, and you both go the same
3: way. (laughs) Yeah, like we were like looking at each other. So I just spoke up.
0: Well, well done, everyone. You you adapted you adapted (laughs) well to that curveball. So this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and again, like I said, we are um, brought to you by the Resh Strategies team, reststrategies.com You can find the podcast on all our social media handles, at Rest Strategies, and of course on Twitter, uh, at Cold Oatmeal Pod, also Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those cool places that you'll find podcasts. So yeah, we took the, a bit of a summer break. We had the unusual um, episode, July episode, I think our first ever July episode with Travis Staliker talked about... Running uh, Saddleback and the, the fun stuff he brought That actually episode got a ton of feedback I've had a lot of people
3: It's the first one I, I've missed in a long time And my wife tells me, I think that was my favorite episode ever I've had a lot of people talk to me and Tell me about that travel. We
2: had Saddleback catering at an event um, Probably about a month after that
0: It was, it was the delicious. best thing ever And people mentioned the, the podcast?
2: Of course they did, Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, <laughs>
0: right before the- <laughs> Well, thanks for bringing that up. Then be-
1: I mean, the food was delicious. The people at the event weren't like just Lansing people. Yeah, if it had been
0: I'm not sure people, everyone implying. would have been
1: talking about the podcast. Yeah. I'm
0: people sure.
2: worldwide listen to this, Carly. Uh huh. Uh huh. They mm-hmm. do. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, just, and just wait, season seven. They're going to listen even more.
2: This is our season.
0: It is. This is the one. They they say they say. It takes a podcast seven years before people really start to kick in. So before the it, habit sets yeah. in, yeah, before you got to do really something seven times before that's the right. habit sets in. That's one marriages end after seven in the seven years, oh, right? Really? That's and the podcasts. They, right, the seven year itch. They yeah. take off in the year in year seven. So here already, we go. There. Buckle up. Here we go. <laughs> So before we waste anyone anyone else's uh, time, (laughs) let me get to our guest. Um, Jenna Meyer is with us. She is of MI Entertainment, um, a local firm here that puts together concerts, promotions, and she and her business partners have been very busy and hard at work over the last many months rehabbing a property downtown here on Washington Square called Graywall Hall 224, a super cool new concert venue that's doors are about to open. Here in uh, the early fall of twenty twenty three, and we are excited to talk to her about the concert biz. What's it like to be a promoter, and what it's like to open up a cool uh, venue like this? So, without any further delay, Jenna Meyer. Well, Jenna Meyer, welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and kicking off our seventh season here no, of, of the podcast. We've been around for six six years, kicking off season number seven. So, thanks I didn't so much. Know
1: that this was the I know I didn't the either. first episode.
0: Well, thanks for keeping up. Okay. Um, well, that's exciting. You're only on it. <laughs>
4: Great
0: that's, news. Yeah, this is cool.
4: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so um, let's get into this a little bit. We are, we've are we been kind of cheerleaders for downtown. We're, we're down here. Uh, we want things to, to go well. And so we were super excited to see uh, this announcement when it came out a, a while ago about this new Graywall Hall. Um, that's that's going to be opening soon. But before we get into that, talk a little bit about your family background, your background here in Lansing, and MI Entertainment. What you, what that, is. what is MI Entertainment or My Entertainment?
4: You know, it's it's however you want to pronounce it. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are three promoters that are happen to be in the same family. It's a family business. Okay. Um, we're all from the Lansing area, obviously, as a family, um, and you know we have been around for decades producing live entertainment here in Mid Michigan, and we support Mid Michigan and love Lansing and want to see it revitalized and happening and doing cool things um so it is myself kevin and chris are my two partners and we used to produce common ground music festival um we also produce many festivals in grand rapids um upheaval festival breakaway music festival as well as uh, two large festivals in atlantic canada the cavendish beach music festival and somo music festival yep and so uh,
0: so what about this what about this how did this become a family business like so your dad is your dad and your brother are are the 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 two other myers you mentioned how obviously your dad probably kicked this off but what got him into thinking i'm going to start doing concerts
4: well you know in college he went to michigan state um he was studying pre-law and was in a band he was a drummer. Thankfully, there's no videos on YouTube of this. (laughs) Um, So he started booking local bands in the bars throughout the Lansing community and uh, really just started to spread out from there, booking bars in other cities as well. And then it just kind of evolved. And he was a part of the Michigan Festival at Michigan State back in the 90s. He booked all the talent there. Um, And then he was part of... The, the team that came up with the idea of Common Ground back in 1999 when okay. Michigan Festival went away. And um, Chris and myself grew up backstage. You know, I, I have stories that my mom tells me of being an infant sitting in a car seat with Ray Charles talking about me, you know. and. um, nice. um You know, just really cool stories Mm -hmm. about us growing backstage. And Chris went off and did some sponsorship in other cities. And I went off and tried to get into the ad agency world and pharmaceuticals. And we both came back and we're just kind of like, you know what? We really love this music industry thing. And it drew us back. And so here we are. Uh, We both have been with uh, my dad as business partners for about 10 years now. And we have two other siblings who, uh, thankfully, are smart enough to not be involved. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yes. They might be coming. What's it like working with your brother?
4: You know, it actually, we all work really well together. Um, okay. We have very similar mindsets, that entrepreneurial mindset. And uh, when we have our challenges and we disagree, we're able to talk and constructively and really work through our issues together and at the end of the day we all have the same goals which is good that's hard to have as business partners if you're not related
0: <laughs> I, I don't know that i'd be able to do that with my brothers but. <laughs> well it's funny because we we, I had, could the, not, I we had the ides uh from across the hall who are our landlords nathaniel and matt and uh, eve marie have uh, were and like how do you run this business and also be family and then go to you know, the, the nephew's birthday party on Saturday after you've argued on Friday about, you know, <laughs> a, a business thing. So yeah, the family business has got to be a tough thing.
4: Well, our spouses hate the holidays. So they have, <laughs> they have a strict no work talk when we're oh, all together. I um, yeah. So that's how we survive.
0: <laughs> so that's a little bit of the background. I'm curious, can we talk a little bit about Common Ground? Because I think everyone everyone in town who will who's, hear this will know about that. Any stories or background about how that got kicked off or about your dad, Mayor Hollister, doing that? What was that like? Yeah,
4: you know, there was. it originally started with there was a two-week shutdown of the General Motors plant, and um, the Michigan Festival had gone away. So they were trying to come up with what sort of – you know, event can we have to... Host for the General Motors employees at that time, I think, was 10,000 employees okay. down here. Um, so that's really where the idea came started. And then from there, it evolved to this multiple day music festival, um, multiple stages on both sides of the river. The festival itself evolved over the 21 years um, simply because of what the real estate was downtown mm-hmm. at Adato Riverfront Park and the old city market. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy that festival lasted 21 years i mean you see the life cycle of most festivals and they don't last that long so we had the support of the city obviously um as well as uh various entities and sponsorships in the community and that support eventually went away in place of other projects in the market and um it wasn't sustainable
1: why is that do people just get bored i didn't know that the life cycle of a festival was less than that it's
4: it's really hard if you are stuck in a box of a genre or an idea of a festival. Um, think about you know you as a consumer, what you consumed twenty years ago versus today, mm-hmm. and just how those habits have changed. Um,
0: I would still go see Huey Lewis. <laughs> he back. My well, common good. ground yeah, highlight yeah. was Huey Lewis. Um,
4: I think. So it's just really hard, you know, unless you're a Lollapalooza or a Bonnaroo mm-hmm. who's just got the the always the twenty year olds coming. Um, to be able to survive that transition
0: do you have a, an, an act a highlight of those 21 years that you think back man, that was the best show I've saw at
4: <sighs> A lot of great shows, I would say, you know from a business perspective, we booked Eric Church and he blew up like three months later and we had ten thousand people there and it was incredible. So we got him knowing we have since booked him many times to other festivals and the price we have paid for him Mm -hmm. is amazing. And that's one of the things that we always talk about when we reminisce about Common Ground is like the up-and-coming acts that we have had over the years here in Lansing is phenomenal, and it's just always fun to look back at that list and go, "Oh, that person was, you know, on the Grammys or whatever, and they were at Common Ground a year before that or something <laughs> like that, you know." <laughs> um, so that you know, from a business perspective, that was good. Big Sean was always a great show when he was <laughs> in town. I mean, he, you know, being from Detroit, he can always draw a crowd. You know, I think a lot of people reminisce about the Snoop Dogg hip-hop shows you mentioned hip-hop
0: right yep. here um, did you see that one nick you missed that I, one too. I had the
3: very best intentions to go see that one
4: <laughs> <laughs> just didn't make it there i
3: just didn't quite make yeah. it
4: and then there's there's the unforgettable ones the, you know the the evacuating ten thousand people for tim mcgraw which that was, was the
2: worst i was there
0: <laughs> <laughs> it
4: was, and you know was that from, a
0: tornado was that like a
4: it was one of those pop-up cells yeah. that kind of came out of nowhere oh, which we always face here in lansing mm-hmm. and you know from the operational standpoint those are in it's just, it's always your worst nightmare is weather, yeah. right? It's crazy, which is why we're, we have an indoor venue
0: now. There we go. We'll get to that <laughs> a, is there, we'll get to that in a second. Is there, is there a, a genre of music that did best in Common Ground? Because you had all kinds of stuff. And I think that was a a tribute to. I mean, every night was a different and completely different than night before. But was there something for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, Was there something that Lansing really loved their country or Lansing really loved their hip hop? It
4: changed over the years. Really. And you know, the earlier years it was hard to track that directly because you had classic rock on one stage and you know hip hop on the other stage. Um, But as we got into more of the single genre on a specific night because of the footprint, hip hop always did well. Um, Country did well but country talent is very overpriced and overinflated so from a financial perspective those shows were hard um
0: why is that like do you want to see
4: i mean it's just
0: they it's, just think they're all it's that
4: the agents and it's <laughs> it's all an ebb and flow and you know certain genres get real popular and hot and the price tag goes up and then they can't sell enough tickets so the the price tag should come back down it yeah. usually doesn't but <laughs> yeah so i would say hip-hop country I mean it kind of evolved over the years
0: sorry Huey yeah. yeah, no, I that was the best. Huey, I will, I am just solidly Gen X camp here, so not not quite as old there. <laughs> I don't think Carly your, even knows who that is. So. No, I mean, kind of like your grandparents, no, Carly. No, I don't actually. I, well, I love it, Huey Lewis and Buddy Guy. I, those were the three. I, I went to others, but those are the three I remember. Buddy Guy was awesome. Do you guys even know who Buddy Guy is? I don't is? even know who Buddy I, Guy is. I'm not. Gen Sorry. X, and I don't know who Buddy Guy is. Oh, my gosh. Do you know who Buddy Guy is? I know the name, but I couldn't oh, the, I, thanks. That's Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, I own sports. Sports, I own
1: the Huey Lewis album <laughs>
0: that, that you love. <laughs> Sports oh was the best. Sports I, is great. But
3: Joe, just a, a quick plug that our bumper music needs to be Big Sean, uh, not, <laughs> yeah. Hue- not Huey Lewis. Poor buddy
0: guy. Figure out who it is. He's a blues guy.
1: Just do a mashup. <laughs>
0: yeah. So let's talk about your, in, now, your new indoor venue. So Greywall yes. Hall 224, right, yep. is the, the new place downtown that we're very excited about. Tell us about what, what is it.
4: It is what you want it to be. It is a multi-purpose event space. Um, It's, you know, this beautiful, beautiful open concept, steel trusses exposed from the 33-foot ceiling, mezzanine, lower level dressing rooms um, that really can be used for any and every event. So us as promoters intend to book a lot of concerts in there. Um, But we also already have some weddings confirmed and we have a lot of corporate private events confirmed holiday parties conferences happy hours kind of you name it Um, brunches you know we even actually had a religious group reach out uh, to rent the space for you know Sunday services. so we're kinda of seeing everything. Open which bar was... for that. <laughs> 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 everything. <they were. laughs> um, so we're seeing a lot of interest across the board. You know, there's not a space like it in Lansing, which is what we're What's excited the cap- about.
1: What's the capacity?
4: It's so for a standing general route capacity show, it's nine hundred. Okay. Um, you know, a theater style event it'd be four hundred. Banquet style would be one fifty to two hundred, kinda of depending on how you're setting it up.
1: I haven't looked at the calendar of events but do you guys have any comics coming through or plans for comics because I feel like I would yeah. definitely be interested in that we
4: have uh, October 20th Steve Hofstetter
2: will be here oh we should yeah.
4: I love comics we should yeah. go <laughs> and then we have a, a couple more that I think are will be announced in uh, Q1 and Q2 so we, comedy has actually been one of the most requested genres, which is oh. exciting for us because well, we've that, never we had, had a venue to do that in.
0: And the one comedy club in Lansing closed. A million up, years you know, ago, I yeah. Know, there, there really isn't anything, is there? Is there? No. I
1: mean, there's like open mic nights at, um, you know, Max Bar and stuff like that, but no, there's not. No.
0: Yeah. At what
3: point, Joe, are you playing Grey Wall Hall?
1: Hi. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> should That'd we mark it now?
2: Yeah. So, what, Joe's a comic? Yeah.
0: He should be. In know.
1: my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the location, it's right down on Washington Square. Yep. Uh, that's what the 224 is, right? That's the address of it's Washington address. Square. Um, it's been, we were talking before we hit record here, that it's been a number of things over the years, almost none of them good. Um <laughs> when when was when did you guys think of this as this you know hey let's go do something in this location or that's a plan did you have your eye on this for a while or did it come together recently how did it all come to
4: play you out? know my partner kevin and my other partner and the project scott had eyed the location probably in 2019 was when they first went through it because um, it was vacant at the time and then obviously the pandemic happened and, you know, our industry is the festival model completely got put on hold for eight months. I mean, we, you know, it was, are we going to survive this or not? Coming out of that, when we did survive, we said, okay, how do we evolve our business to kind of diversify ourselves? Um, And this felt like a natural transition at the time, you know, you were starting to see events become smaller and like that more intimate experience and less of the large music festival experience and so we felt like that was a good way for us to kind of put our foot back in here in lansing market with common ground going away um so that was when the idea originally came up and then we purchased the building on december 31st of 2021 okay. so um, it had been ba- vacant for a number of years
0: So what did you, what have you had to do with it? I mean, I think anyone who's been downtown and walked past, I mean, I've put my face up against the glass 30 times. Just to see what's going on. We have to
4: rewash our windows. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My
0: my little fingerprints, my nose print on the glass. What, what Talk about what did you do? have to do to this piece or of property. Or what didn't
2: you have At to right? do? Yeah, it's more yeah. like I mean, what did, did we have essentially
4: the... rebuilt the thing okay. minus the exterior walls you see. And even that front facade wall we essentially rebuilt. Yeah, I feel yeah. like
3: I saw the front wall being torn down. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, we had on that front facade wall down in the basement in the lower level um, a steel beam that had rotted so much that you could stick your finger through it the steel
1: oh, oh my gosh
4: it had just from the salt from decades from the street mm. and it was it was yeah. crazy so we put a lot of money and time into that front wall um that is that building is going nowhere i can tell you that
0: <laughs> i don't know the history of that bill. what was do you know what that was before it was a hookah bar
4: so <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and a dance club and you know whatever else um because
0: it had that very interesting front i mean what was that so
4: what we can tell from the front you know it kind of for those that haven't seen it before it it almost had that department store feel where mm-hmm. the windows on the what would have been windows on the front and then the sidewalk going in the middle um that was the original naps department store at oh. one point before this building was
0: built. Interesting.
4: Mm. Oh. Uh, yeah. So we found and then before that was a a granary. Okay. Um so that's where the steel trusses come from and then going into the building, the whole first 20 feet of the building is all concrete. Like you go downstairs in the lower level and it is amazing how much concrete that building has holding itself up. It's hmm. crazy. I mean, it's so it was built that way for trucks to come in, essentially.
0: So did you have in your mind, did you and your partners have in your mind a, a venue you had been to someplace and said, we want to recreate this in Lansing? Or was it I'm, we're going to start from scratch and we're going to build this exactly the way we want to build it?
4: A little bit of both. I mean, we've been to so many venues through the years. Um, Scott Bell is a tour manager for the Menzingers, so he's been to every club that you can think of around the world. Um, Irving Ronk, our other partner, he is the manager of Joe Hurler and the Rainbow Seekers. So they've also played a lot of clubs. Um, and then we just have the experience of how to make a place sound good, look good, mm-hmm. you know, video, lighting, audio. Um So going into it, we knew there were certain things we wanted with the space. The mezzanine, which people will see, that did not exist. We built that. Um, That is a concept that we've seen in many rooms where, you know, you kind of have this horseshoe-shaped mezzanine and you can get this really cool VIP experience up there. Um, So that was something that we just kind of came up with in that space when we saw how tall the ceilings were. um, So yeah, it's a little bit of both. We modeled off of some venues, and we've probably looked at every single bar that's ever existed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You have a ton of stuff already booked, right? Yeah. Like, how many, I mean, obviously you said other things other than concerts, but how many concerts do you have booked? Because I feel like, I follow your Facebook page, and I feel like every day you announce a new one.
4: Yeah, we're averaging probably about two or three a week right now. Yeah, through the end of the year. Um, That's awesome. awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, can I ask you about that process? So, you're booking all this stuff what comes first here this is a little chicken egg question do you as a promoter as a concert planner are you reaching out to acts and saying come to this space we we're building and do a show or are bands calling you saying hey we're looking for a gig where we want to we are looking for a crowd can we come to you is it both or how does that work
4: it's a little bit of both it kind of depends on like the the skill level of the artist I say, or like their caliber, right?
0: Um, so the larger so Joe would be calling you, probably. saying, I want to <laughs> yes, do a comedy yeah, show. Yeah. Can uh, I use your space? Yeah, no. Uh,
4: so the larger touring acts, the na- we call them national touring acts, right? They have an agent that represents them. They're routing a tour through the country. Um, so you know they're they're calling us, or we're calling them the buyer and the agent are communicating and saying, you know, I've got these artists doing this run of dates through the Midwest from January to whatever. Um, So it's, it's all routing based at the national level, which has to be done six, seven, sometimes nine months out. I mean, with some of the bigger acts, they're booking 12 months out. So that's, that's a pretty far out process for those acts. Um, You know, the smaller, local regional acts typically are the ones reaching out to us if they don't have representation just because we don't have a contact to communicate directly
0: with So that extended booking, that explains that some people may have been wondering, I I know you tried, wanted to open in July, um, but with construction and delays and whatnot, you were, you're still looking here to open here soon, which is why you had to announce and book and then postpone because of that. Right.
4: Yep. Yep. So we, you know, wanted to be open in July. A lot of our timelines were scheduled for July. Um, we had some electrical delays with our electrical service in the back alley and then, um, we had a the brick wall on the north side as we were finishing up some of our construction. We noticed some issues with that wall, the structural integrity and it kind of that was in May and it kind of put everything on halt for four to six weeks because, oh. you know, we had to have structural come back in and the engineering team had to redesign things and then, you know, you got to get it all signed off and all that kind of stuff um, and you got to do it the right way. So, um that delayed everything in May and June which then unfortunately pushed other things so we couldn't install our bar until that all got wrapped up because it was right God above it. the bar. So yes, it's been a process. Um <laughs> But you you're know, almost there. We're almost there. We are literally days away from our occupancy permit. It's wonderful. Um
3: You hear that Mayor Shore?
0: <laughs> That's right. Mayor the mayor is a, a frequent listener to this podcast, I'm sure. And yeah, cool. get those permits. <laughs> So. Get them
4: in there. <laughs> um But yes, you know, part of that cancellations, rescheduling, I mean, we are just as disappointed as everybody else is. Um, our first priority with the artists and agents is can we reschedule? Can mm-hmm. we just move you later into the calendar year? Um, and a lot of them have been able to accommodate that. Some of the acts are on a tour and they can't reroute right? because right? they're out for months and they can't reschedule things. So it's just kind of a we'll catch you on the next one and um that's unfortunate but there's nothing that we can really do about that
3: uh, do, do you have any children of your own
4: i do i have one she'll never work in this industry <laughs> <laughs> will
3: Will she have a photograph with a ray charles equivalent ah, that's a are you gonna question. bring my husband girl?
4: doesn't really let her backstage but
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he can make an exception yeah. for for your your I know, prize yeah. act yes. one of these days
4: yeah Maybe one day, we'll
1: see. Okay. So, I'm shifting gears, just a dumb question, but in booking all these gigs over the past however many years, are you guys the people in charge of the the riders, or is that someone else? Yes,
4: that's usually my job.
1: What's the weirdest one you've seen? What have you had to do, (sighs) what have you had to get?
4: Well, you know, I won't name names, you but we've names. certainly bought, you know, condoms and all that kind of stuff for people, which is always a little uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> they don't um, travel with their own? It's I like, know. you don't like, like, want, and you want
4: my <laughs> runner to go out and get it for you? Uh,
0: you know, I, you know. you got to <laughs> name <names now. laughs> I can't. You know what? I'm going to Lansing. I need someone to give me some condoms. Yeah,
1: exactly.
4: Freedom <laughs> the crop here. Uh, um, you know, our rock show in Grand Rapids I see some very interesting and long riders. Um, some, you know, full juice bars that need to be set up. Just very extravagant things. Um,
1: Do you get pissed, or is that just like?
4: Oh, I get so annoyed, okay. so annoyed. <laughs> Mostly because ninety percent of it doesn't get touched. Right. I bet. And yeah. then when I come in to clean up the room, I'm like, oh my gosh, the, the waste is just. That's what yeah. drives me crazy. So, um,
1: no, like only brown M Ms or anything like super weird like that.
4: <laughs> uh. I haven't gotten M&M's. We've gotten flout, like carnations, a certain uh-huh. color carnation on a table. And usually, I mean, the secret is that that is how they know that a promoter is paying attention to the rider. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why. Okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, I usually just cross red line that stuff and go, I'm not,
2: <laughs> I don't need to do that. <laughs> like
4: when you're signing them? Yeah. So we oh, can, yeah. uh, we can edit the riders when the requests come in, just if they get a little out of control. But Um, <laughs> I don't expect a lot of that at Greywall Hall. That's usually the big, you know, right. giant, giant headliners that
1: million-dollar headliners kind of yeah. thing. So, well, I saw, I saw Bruce Springsteen's a couple days ago, and it was oh, kind of ridiculous. It was but I feel like he won't. Yeah, it was. It was. It was annoying. 18 cold pieces of shrimp it was just- <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is there competition between cities so like grand rapids i'm guessing I, I correct me i'm sure i'll get all this wrong but i'm guessing kalamazoo ann arbor lansing certain elements of grand rapids we're kind of all on that same plane of, of getting acts so of act is coming through michigan now there's a place in Lansing for them to go there. It didn't used to be, um, but is there competition between cities?
4: Yeah, there is, um, you know, Lansing, we consider a tertiary market. Detroit, Grand Rapids would be secondary, you know, Chicago, New York would be primary. That's kind of okay. how we classify them. Um, we definitely have competition, uh, Offers have radius clauses in them, so they can't play X number of miles within 30 or 60 days. Um, That actually was something we struggled a lot with at Common Ground, just booking at that level, those headliner radius clauses. This venue, we won't experience that as much because a band can play here in October and maybe the intersection in March kind of thing. That's enough time distance that it'll be okay and same thing with Kalamazoo Ann Arbor all that kind of stuff um and most acts that will play this size venue don't really have radius clauses so we should be fine
1: can I ask you about that uh performing arts place that's I think they've broken ground that's a couple miles the south ovation and, yeah is that yeah. gonna change the market and is it good for you as like a promoter probably but is it good for gray Is does it compete does it matter at all like what's how's that gonna impact and change the entertainment scene in in Lansing
4: well I, I think anything that's being invested in Lansing is a great thing Um, you know, from what I can see from that venue, I think it's supposed to be a 2000 cap space. Um, so it won't be a direct competition with us. If anything, it's actually, um, a step up of where artists that play us could then go play that venue maybe a year or two later, right? It's similar to if you've been to Grand Rapids, the intersection and 20 Monroe live, um, Mm -hmm. different size rooms, different type of bands playing the two rooms. So, uh, you know, we don't view that as direct competition. Mm -hmm. I think if they start booking shows that are only 500 capacity, that's where it becomes competition, right? And I'm not sure if the market could support that. Again, I think it just comes down to what their intention is with that space and what they plan on booking. But we are certainly excited about the investment Mm because it is a couple blocks from us and just investing money in this downtown Lansing region is incredible for us. So we are excited about that.
0: Can you talk about downtown a little bit as someone who is going to hopefully rely on you know hundreds of people coming down on a saturday night or a friday night or a thursday night washington square isn't really equipped at this point to like feed them <laughs> <laughs> or some people may think or park them although there's plenty of parking and there stuff are like 2,
4: that 2000 parking spaces are there really? within a 3 block radius of us yes
0: does the lady in the little car with the little... <laughs> lady, she she's, no she's shadowing all 2000 <laughs> spots <laughs> <clears throat> but i guess i'm oh, as you as you picked downtown did you have any concern about i mean this is the only place the building was but you know if you build it these other things are going to come around
4: you know i think there's always concern right anytime you're you're investing in a market that you are not currently invested in um but i think we are certainly excited at the new restaurants and bars that we do see coming to lansing or have currently you know, are open in Lansing. You know, Lansing Shuffle is pretty new. And um, I think some of our neighbors nearby will probably adjust their hours of operation once we get a few shows under our belt. I mean, Kelly's Pub, two doors down from us, could be a pretty busy place on a Saturday night. Um, They just probably need to see it before they can do that, right? So it's, it's a little bit of like, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? But I think what you see in most other communities entertainment is what draws people down and maybe not necessarily like a restaurant or a bar, Mm -hmm. but those tend to follow the entertainment and it's kind of all just, it works really well together. So I, I do think we'll start to see downtown evolve a little bit,
2: I hope that's awesome because we need that plan
0: (laughs) how how would you describe the lansing music scene market like is this non-existent that's one
4: way
0: to do it i mean it's like
4: (laughs) no i think there is an incredible pool of talent here Mm -hmm. i think that there's a whole community of people looking for a venue like this um you know that don't want to just play an open mic night kind of thing um you know and and with all of our national touring shows there are opener availabilities for local bands so there's opportunities for local talent to come through and play these shows without you know having to to sell 900 tickets themselves kind of mm-hmm. thing so i i do think that the community will rally behind this and the other venue project as well i think any entertainment space here in lansing people will get excited about
0: what's your biggest surprise surprise get like you know what we want someone that we want this this act to come to the thing we're planning this is a hail mary no chance they're going to say yes and they Uh, say yes
4: big gigantic was a pretty big surprise for me they've played a number of our edm festivals and i feel like that's a big get for lansing Mm -hmm. that's coming up in a couple weeks on the 22nd um
3: is your husband excited about that one
4: You know, he is kind of a big, gigantic fan, there but I go. don't think he'll be there. Um. <laughs> if you are into Bravo television, James Vanderpump, the DJ from Vanderpump Rules, or James Kennedy from Vanderpump Rules, that was a big get, I think, for Lansing, so all the what Bravo is, What does he fans. do? Uh, he's a, DJ. He's he's a DJ. DJ. Oh, he's a DJ? Yeah, he's oh, a DJ. Okay. On a TV show. I think on the show, he uh, he just, you know, he's a reality television star, so...
3: Okay.
1: So Nick will be there.
4: That's
2: gonna be the show. I don't know what
3: I don't know what number Bravo is on the TV dial. TV dial.
2: So I guess on that note, oh my god, you have to stay up on like everything. Like I have been watching the list of people that are performing, uh, and maybe I'm just old and under a rock, but like I don't know who a lot of them are. So like, how do you stay up on all of this? Because it seems. I mean, obviously, it's your full-time job, but it seems crazy to me.
4: You know, it is my full-time job. I'm glad I have four other partners because it it is a lot for me to keep in my head, too. Um, I don't know all of them. I don't listen to all of them. But once we start exploring artists or we have a list of rosters, then we start listening. And, you know, I certainly have my genres I know more about Mm. and like more. Um, you know, my favorite band is Mumford and Sons, but we don't have a ton of Americana yet at Greywall Hall, but uh, trust me, I'm hoping we will. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> how,
1: much, how much does taste factor into like your job or are you mostly looking at numbers? Is it just...
4: If it was taste, I'd be bankrupt. Okay. Um, <laughs> I tell you that. No, I... It's a lot of its numbers. You know, we really try to take our personal opinion out of mm-hmm. it because that's where you get into trouble. Um, you, we have all, all sorts of numbers and data to look at right. from previous tours, box office reports. So we we know what sells and what doesn't sell. And it's different in each market, too. And that's why we have to take our personal opinion out of it.
0: Are you able to, you know, let's say let's say Mumford and Sons signs up and they're going to come to Graywell Hall. Are you able, as the promoter, as the person who's behind this event, to sit back and enjoy it when it's happening? Or are you constantly looking around going, that needs to be fixed, the coke's out, like we gotta, you know, tap this keg? Can you enjoy a concert? Or do you have, are you constantly working a concert?
4: I'm constantly working. Um, We actually had Mumford and Sons this summer at a festival, but I didn't get to go, so... Aww. I was working another festival. <laughs> um, no, usually we're working. I will say like once the headliner goes on, probably halfway through the set, that's when I can kind of go, okay, I can take a deep breath and listen to a few songs and it's great. I mean, our my favorite part, Chris's favorite part, Kevin's favorite part about this industry has always been you look out in the crowd and you see thousands or hundreds or however many people making memories just you know with smiles on their faces and that's the coolest thing for me. Um, obviously listening to the bands is great too, but I don't always get to enjoy that part.
0: Well, we wish you the best of luck. Mm-hmm. We're excited that you're coming and opening here soon Thank and you. to get this these these permits all out of the way so we can start to start to nick and start to actually go to these things. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I found that I I have been going through the list and texting my my teenage son the I, first all, I go to Spotify because you know, like Laura I don't know a lot of these things, but I'll listen I'm like oh and I text my son do you know this do you know this person maybe you heard this person <laughs> let's see if it's something we can go to so we're and excited you, and
4: you'll see Um, you know we've we've It's been very few genres that have been booked so far, but there's a lot in the works. You know, we have some jazz in the works, some classic rock. You know, there's probably some more tribute shows coming down the pipeline. Um, You know, we've had very little. Ritz was our only rap show. Like, we'll definitely get more into that, more country. So right now there's a lot of rock announced, but there's a lot more coming, which we're excited about. Because unlike with Common Ground, where, you know, you had specific genres that you knew did well and... You had the voices of different people in the community that you kind of had to listen to. Um, we can do whatever we want here. Yeah. And we can book any genre for anybody. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Latin. We haven't even gotten into Latin music in this town.
3: I would come
0: see Bad Bunny. Oh, me too. Yeah.
4: But he's a little <laughs> out of our price range. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Jenna, I would appreciate you coming by and taking time with the busy time of getting this uh up and running and Thank so you. thanks so much for being with us on the Cold Oatmeal podcast we'll be right back <laughs> So, Carly, you think Taylor's gonna be making her way to Gray wall Hall? I don't two two four. Sadly, I don't no. Know. Maybe.
1: But even if it was Ed Sheeran, I'd be like,
3: yeah. Who's the next Taylor?
1: Olivia Rodrigo.
0: If well, she wouldn't play this either. Who's the next Olivia Rodrigo? I don't know. You said that with great authority. Like that—that that is the thing. She's Olivia is the next thing.
1: I think, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Well, I mean, for one, there probably won't be another Taylor Swift. That's true. It's like a phenomenon. There's
3: always another Taylor Swift. No, oh,
1: there's never, she's just, Never this like this. This yeah. is different and weird.
3: This is different. And I, weird. I remember a time when Creed was U2.
1: Like, there's always another. Uh, there's well, who a was
3: Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift? Yeah.
1: <laughs> name the Taylor Swift. I don't think. There Britney was Spears? Was one. No, I don't think no. she Got wasn't. To the Britney same Spears level.
0: showing up at a football game didn't matter. No. Like Madonna, maybe. Madonna's maybe, maybe Madonna. Maybe Madonna.
2: But not even at the same level.
0: Yeah. Jay-Z. All these people need to come to play Lansing. We should have it be
3: very cool. <laughs> pop-up have, up show.
0: Yeah, it's a pop-up show of old people that Nick and Matt remember.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Asking about the new young ones. See, back in the day. There How a, far back are we going? <laughs> back to the beginning of the internet. <laughs> there was this website called MySpace. And I didn't have a MySpace, but MySpace was awesome for exploring new music artists. And that's where I first heard of Brand New and Jibby Eat World and, you know, some of the bands that college-age Nick was into.
2: I loved all that stuff, too.
3: Yeah, and you could find the, like, up-and-coming acts and, like, you know, then eventually they'd explode. But that doesn't really exist anymore, so... Yeah. I'm sure. Now it I have to take Carly's advice. I'm
2: sure it exists somewhere that you and well, I. It's,
0: it's called Spotify. Yeah, now.
2: Yeah. yeah. All those places. There are things, but like my son has a Spotify account, so
0: anyone could get on there. But how would
3: I, like, how would I find? I don't know.
2: I'm pretty sure it will play things it thinks you'd be interested in based on the other stuff you play.
3: Okay. will let I'll it. try that out. I'll try it.
2: Ask your kids. I bet they know. <laughs> I don't want to listen to anything. My kids listen to it. No, I mean like ask them how to use it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is Bruce Springsteen your number one concert experience? Oh yeah. Which yeah. which one? Which time? Uh
1: probably the first time I saw him, uh, when I was in college, I went with uh, this girl who lived across the hall who was also a huge fan, and he was um playing in New York, so we like and she was from Long Island, so we like got on a bus and Went and saw him and then stayed at her parents' house, and it was just sweet. It was awesome.
0: It's Taylor, yours, number one experience, a concert experience. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I also saw Justin Bieber. <laughs> so I've got some cool ones under my belt. <laughs>
0: you do. That, that's a nice one.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
2: Hmm. Um, this is going to sound really weird, but um, my parents are really into Chicago. And so they've taken <laughs> like us the multiple, city or the band? No, like the band. Okay. And talk about right. old school, right? You
1: know what's funny? I'll actually finish your story, and then I'll. And add so
2: to it. they've taken us multiple times to shoot to see really? Chicago, and it's just a really They're good really show. Good. They're Chicago's really good. They're really good. And, like it does not fit in with anything else I listen to, yeah. but I, uh, in terms of shows, those have been the
0: best. I love me. I love some Chicago.
1: We had a, on my rafting trip this weekend on the ride home. We had a 15 minute debate about what sucks more, Chicago, the city, or Chicago. <laughs> <the band.
0: laughs> Who won? Oh
1: I think god. Chicago the band was well, the won suckier? by being the suckier thing. So that's
2: hilarious. Oh yeah. my god, not
1: a big Chicago fan. They they're annoying. And I feel like, oh yeah, um, Notre Dame like has this weird relationship with Chicago, and they'd like bring them out for every like Man, here's Chicago for the halftime show and then this, oh, really? the marching band's playing with them I'm like I've seen this 14 times like what, what you guys have nothing else to do well it's a family thing so. <laughs> That's
3: funny. no offense to the Beale family but Chicago is the sound of shopping at the pharmacy <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not the Beale family it's the Dane family, the Dane but, family. Okay. but yes
3: I think my favorite would be Soundgarden I saw Soundgarden a year before Chris Cornell died um, downtown in Detroit and it was awesome. Um, some very total rock and roll moments, but then my first con probably my first concert experience was awesome. None of you will remember Carmen. Maybe Matt will remember. I remember Carmen. Carmen was, Carmen still holds the global record for largest live concert ever on the planet. What? Um, he did it in South
0: Africa at one point or maybe how they trick all those people. Trick who the showing up
3: Carmen was awesome I love Carmen I, I can still sing Every song On every Carmen
1: album Is Carmen a person Yes Never.
3: Carmen He was a, he a, was like a, a really Singer storyteller Bad um, Christian singer Yeah <laughs> Contemporary Christian music Oh back my in the god 80s. <laughs> Carmen was the best And
2: the biggest concert ever
3: Yes And uh, oh. I think it was in Houston Look it up Look it up
2: I thought you just said You just said South, South Africa, Africa.
3: He, did, he did So that was maybe The biggest global one And then in Houston I think the biggest American audience Ever. Which what, like Taylor Swift 20? may have just broken yeah, she, that record. I, I'd be sure. But it was a record that held forever. Um, but I saw him at the Breslin. Okay. And it was awesome because he was like, I loved Carmen. And so getting to go as a kid to see. <laughs> as one does. <laughs> right? As one does. Um, it was sweet.
1: My first concert was at one that they probably produced. I think, uh, yeah, it was, what was it called? The Michigan Festival? Michigan Festival, yeah. yeah. You're that old. Yeah, well, I, I mean, didn't I was even... a kid, but like my parents dragged us to Gordon Lightfoot, and I feel like we sat like four miles from the stage, and it was like, you couldn't even, there was like a delay in hearing it, and then seeing him on the screen, it was terrible. And it also, I love Gordon Lightfoot, but at the time, I'm like, I don't want to be here. It's not much better than Chicago. Gordon Lightfoot is oh, so yeah. much better than Chicago. Are you kidding me?
2: My goodness. I Can I give one that I saw as an adult? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Chicago. Uh,
2: no, Chicago. <laughs> we haven't the fifth been, been in a long time. Um, I saw Bruno Mars in concert a few years ago, pre-COVID, and it was amazing. He's talented. He's very talented. So, that's my second runner. But my first concert ever was the Backstreet Boys.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: It see, I good. wanted to see Hugh Lewis when I was in sixth grade because he came to Fort Wayne and. I had never been to a concert when I was that age and my mother would not let me go. Cause she like, you don't go to rock concerts.
1: <laughs>
0: and so it took me until I was 30 when he came to common ground in Lansing for me to finally see Huey Lewis. I
1: think I did not see that one. And I, I must've not been home for some reason. Cause I, for a couple of years there, uh, like my friends and family, we bought the passes and we'd go like most nights. It was a whole thing. And, I always liked uh, to go too. it was it's fun. fun. Yeah. It was awesome for a, a stretch there. My first concert was Austin Mahomes. Does anyone I know, no who I don't know who that is? I don't even know who that Nah.
0: Nick's bored. He's texting. I, no, I'm looking up. He's Googling up Austin I'm, Mahomes. I'm looking up Carmen concerts. <laughs>
2: see, see if, if he could still go the, see him. Does them. the oh internet even have that information? Yes,
0: my goodness. I'll find it. Yeah, so my first was actually Genesis. In oh, the, Genesis! Where? Oh, wow! Awesome. In the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. Okay, that'd and be good. I was, but I was, I was in high school. That was my high school. when I saw that. They were awesome.
2: Carly's looking up who that is. Who's Genesis?
0: Because
2: <laughs> <No. laughs> I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, think of all the stories and memories that we'll all be able to share when we start going to see concerts at Greywall. We'll be able to say some. Someday we'll see some act that's going to be huge. We we'll saw them at Greywall Hall.
1: Maybe this will be the first time we all hang out outside of work.
2: I mean, I will, probably not. (laughs) I don't think that we are all ever going to agree on a concert that we all want to go to. We
0: would have to just pick some random thing. I mean, maybe we And all just say, we're all just going to go for the experience.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: soccer thing doesn't exist anymore because that was fun.
2: That was fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, maybe if the comedy thing, like we would all go to that, I think.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun that will be cool. Okay, well, let's book it. Cool. Well, Jim, what
1: do you got over there? Yeah,
3: what's nominated that? for four Grammys?
1: <laughs> oh <sold over laughs> my! Million God. Nom-
0: nominated
3: over ten million records. Male vocalist of the year um, in uh, a number in of South magazines. Africa. Is this guy no. dead? He just died like a year ago. Really? Yeah. Wow, We're gonna nice. have to put. Um, he Carmen performed into in the front of eighty thousand in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, Seventy-one thousand at Texas Stadium, and over fifty thousand in South Africa.
1: So did those you look sound, up the record? Yeah, those don't those sound
3: like were record-breaking so numbers. The, it's a, according to the Wikipedia. Those were all. Those were all individual records for At the Christian time. music okay. artists. Uh, <laughs> there we
0: go. Okay,
1: so the runner-up is like five thousand
0: no stop <laughs> making fun of me I've, okay
3: sorry I've been,
1: to,
3: I've been to many Christian music concerts with attendance well above 5,000 it's a big market okay my people listen to a lot of music
2: I believe you were those
0: cult events no I've seen the <laughs> we
2: news
3: we need to boys. wrap up this did you say
2: <laughs> did
0: you, did you say were those cult events or cult events Cult. Cults. Okay. Newsboys? Everybody's heard of them
3: newsboys,
1: right? I've, no.
0: Are those the guys who, like, hand out the newspapers at
3: Christmas
1: oh, time? No. P.O.D.? You've heard of P.O.D.? I've heard of none of them. From San Diego? like fall from San Diego. Oh, no. DC Talk? No. no.
2: I think we need to wrap it up here.
1: I hate all of you.
0: <laughs> uh, well. Blindside. Maybe.
1: No, uh, you The movie? Name the most famous one ever. I will not.
0: Carmen. Know it. He did. Is it Carmen? Carmen? <laughs> well, then
1: we're, yeah. <laughs> we're out of luck.
0: <laughs> anyway, well, maybe Jenna can find can book Carmen. He's dead. No, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> tribute. Does Carmen have a tribute? Good luck, Jenna. Does Carmen have a tribute band? that is touring to my, to my shower? Nick is,
2: maybe Nick, Nick is could, could be to start it to
0: cover his yeah cover yeah. his greatest hits. Okay, well, look for that at wall Hall (laughs) 224. Uh, Jenna Meyer has been our guest on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's good to be back in the studio after a little summer break. So for Joe and for Nick, Laura, and Carly, this has been Matt, Cold Oatmeal Team, the Rest Strategies crew, and we'll talk to you next time.